This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Ooh, I am so excited for you to meet Nadia Khaled today on the podcast. She is a manifestation coach and the host of the amazing podcast, Limitless. I had such a blast talking to her about things like what is the law of attraction, delusional confidence, uh, raising your emotional baseline, so raising that natural state that you exist in. You know, when you wake up in the morning, it's like, how do you generally feel as you go out through the day, and is there a way to bump that up a little bit? We dive into so many things in this conversation, and Nadia has some amazing handouts for you that I will share throughout the episode, but before we dive in, I want to talk to you about something that came up in my mastermind group that I'm a part of. So I joined into a mastermind group with the wonderful Terry Cole, and I feel like as a coach, it is so important for me to always be doing the work as well, to remain a student. And so this is a business mastermind, and uh, it's just incredible. Like in any area of your life, whether you're working on health and wellness or your relationships or your business, it really (laughs) shines a light on the areas where there is still room for growth. So I was asking for some feedback from the other girls who are in the group. And one of them was like, you know, everything that you're saying is so, is, is resonating and it's beautiful. But what I feel like is missing a little bit is just you showing your fun side. Like you're telling us that you were out at the club this last week, totally sober with your girlfriends, you know, dancing your face off that never sees the light of day on your Instagram account. And so as soon as she said that, I got this like tightening feeling in my stomach and immediate discomfort around the idea of showing these moments where I'm fully embodying joy and ease and happiness. And so we dove a little deeper into exploring why that was, you know, whenever resistance shows up, it's always our teacher and there's always something to learn in that space. So what came up for me here was I am worried that in showing these beautiful moments of my life or in showing happiness that it might make others feel less than or you know in their moment of struggle which i've been in those moments so many times it might have them feeling more alone or that they are not enough in the moment that they are in and so we worked through this a little bit and the origin of where this fear of, you know, hurting others might come from and, and this desire to constantly be looking out for and looking after others at the risk or the loss of being able to fully show up myself. 
And so I wanted to share this with you to say I'm going to stretch a little bit over on IG to allow myself the space to show up a little bit more fully, like to show you the crazy things that happen on the weekend. I, I haven't been to a club in five years. And one of my best friends was like, I want to go to the club for my 35th birthday. So we arrived at this club in Vancouver that we used to go to when we all met in our 20s when we were working at a restaurant. We arrived there at 9 p.m. For any of you who are not going to the clubs anymore, which I feel like is a lot of us, uh, nobody is at the club at 9 a.m. No, clubs do not even kick off until midnight. So it was just our group of girlfriends. There were about eight of us there. We got to request all of the songs we wanted to hear. We were all in cute outfits. I was totally 100% sober the entire time. We took a limo to get there. <laughs> like, what? And we just danced our little hearts out. We had such a freaking blast. Everyone else was drinking. And I don't know what happens when I'm around that energy. It's like I feel drunk myself, but I'm just high on life with good music. And the girls, I mean, we just had a blast. Anyways, I do agree upon talking it through in my group session that I want to show up with all parts because I want to remind you of the importance of letting loose sometimes, of just having fun, of doing the unexpected. I want to remind you that you are allowed to have joy, even if you're going through something that's challenging. You know, that it's okay to get a cute outfit on and to grab your girlfriends and to go have some fun. In fact, please do that. And it doesn't take away, I don't want it to ever take away from the hard moments that others are going through, but life is going to be full of ups and downs. And so when we're in a good space, when you're in a good place, when you're feeling good, or when you have that moment when life just feels easy, let it be, let it be, let yourself sit in that, bask in that, show up for that. That's what I'm going to work on doing over here and not hiding it as much anymore. So if you see over on IG different parts of me showing up, uh, just know I'm, I'm stretching out of the comfort zone and letting go of this belief that you all only want to hear and see from me when I'm in the struggle and uh, letting this season of my life feel a little bit lighter. Okay. So on that note, Let's dive into this podcast episode today. As I mentioned, Nadia is joining me. She's a manifestation coach. We're going to talk about what manifesting even is because we haven't talked about it a lot. And it's something that I've been working on embodying more over here. So we're going to talk about what manifesting is, this idea around the law of attraction. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of principles that come from quantum physics, neuroscience, psychology, and then spirituality and human design. And so it's bringing together so many beautiful components to create a bit of a framework upon which we can begin to attract into our life that which we most desire. We also talk about lucky girl syndrome, which I think is so interesting. It's this idea of believing that you are the luckiest person alive and then watching luck just fall at your feet. I can attest to the fact that this actually does happen. Delusional confidence we talk about, delusional confidence. 
and raising your emotional baseline. Nadia also has some beautiful handouts for us, some exercises to help you deepen into the work. So make sure that you get your hands on those. I also want to remind you before we get started on this, that the Raw Beauty Retreat is coming in hot. And speaking of fun and ease and lightness, that's what this trip is going to be all about. I mean, I know we're going to have moments when shit gets real, but at the same time, I want this to just be a fun break for you, a moment for self-care, to laugh, to jump in the ocean, to journal your little heart out. We're going to meditate. We're going to go on hikes. We're going to dance. We're going to eat good food. We're going to look at the stars. It's going to be a blast. So if you are thinking about taking a little time for yourself, check out the retreat. I'm going to drop the link to that in the show notes down below. July 1st is the last day to sign up for that. So if you're thinking about it, it's time. It is time. Pull the trigger. Let's go. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you speak a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited Titan deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash rawbeautytalks. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash rawbeautytalks, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Raw Beauty Talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, Raw Beauty crew, you know I've been talking about my damn vision board forever on this show, and yet we've never had a true conversation about manifestation and about the law of attraction and about how these vision boards work. So I figured it was time. And I have on my end been doing so much work around my mindset um, surrounding in particular abundance, but I'm not just talking financial abundance, like abundance in all areas of my life. And so I am thrilled to have today's guest joining me. Her name is Nadia Khaled. She is the host of the Limitless podcast and manifestation is what she talks about all day, every day. She's an expert in this area. She is incredible at pulling sort of the the root of quantum physics and neuroscience and biology and all of these incredible categories in into really tangible bite-sized bits of information that we can digest. So Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to delve into all of these super fun topics with you. So to start off, I'd love to know a bit more about how manifestation and manifesting became a topic of interest for you. 
So I have always been really interested in psychology. I think psychology was really the focal point of where all of this started. I got my undergraduate degree in psychology. It's always just been like a passion area of study for me. And so um, obviously, like I said, I got my undergrad degree in psychology. And then I started like reading books in my free time that were related to psychology, but also related to human potential, which is also something that I'm really fascinated by. And so I think manifestation is cool because it's kind of like a, a modern day explanation of how we create things into our reality and how we manifest experiences into our reality. And so psychology is a huge aspect of that because it's all mindset. Like you said, you've been doing all this mindset work and that's a really big part of it. And so I started reading books like Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, which obviously also uses psychology. It's really all about how the your energetic output, your uh, emotional habits, your behaviors, your thought processes, your beliefs all have to do with what experiences you actually attract in your life. And so I think that's um, what manifestation is. And I think that was your question, right? What is manifestation? Yeah. And like, how did you, how did you get into it? So I love that you're coming into it from a psychology perspective. This is what you're doing education in. And um, just so everybody knows, as she mentions books or resources, I'm going to drop all of them in the show notes. And I did realize, thank you for those of you who brought it to my attention, that the show notes were not consistent across all platforms. So moving forward, they will be consistent. So you can find that book that she just mentioned down below. Okay, so you're doing your psych degree. You're you're starting to dip your toe into some books that are connecting psychology, but also some of the basics of manifestation. And And talk to us a little bit about where you went from there. So manifestation, like I said, is also a bridge between the science, the psychology, and the spirituality of things. And so where I really started to dip my toes was I started experimenting because I was reading all of these books about like the, the theoretical, you know, what is manifestation, quantum physics, neuroscience, RAS, all of these cool concepts. But it was also a matter of like, how am I going to actually apply this into my everyday life? And so I started doing the things that I was seeing on TikTok, like the 369 method, where you're writing down all of your desires like 300 times in your notebook. And I was like, this isn't working. Like none of this is working. It's actually only making me more obsessed with what I'm trying to manifest. And so I realized that it's actually a lot deeper than that. It's not just about doing these little rituals that you're seeing all over social media. It's not just about saying your affirmations here and there. It's really an, it's a, it's a state of mind. It's a state of being, it's a certain belief system. And so once I started really working on my own, like I said, emotional habits and patterns and my thought patterns and really analyzing, are these helping me or are these harming me in the context of manifesting? my goals, I started kind of developing my own approach of how to actually practice manifestation on a tangible level. And so I started doing things like journaling exercises where I would pretend that I was already in the moment in time where I had everything that I wanted. And I would be like, I am so happy and grateful that I am making this much money every month, that I have gotten to um, manifest a career that I feel really passionate about, that where I get to make my own hours and all the things that I was really wanting. And I started noticing that being in the energy of that future version of myself, that's really what opened the door for me and allowed me to attract the experience experiences that would eventually become my life and, and, you know, everything that was on my vision board, like you were talking about your vision board. I also made my vision board and everything that I was manifesting came true. And it was because I was constantly visualizing that version of my life and how it would feel on an emotional level, what I would be thinking with my beliefs, like what would I, what kind of beliefs would I be subscribing to? If I'm already a successful entrepreneur, I'm not going to be thinking things like, is this, is this going to work? Am I going to be able to do this? I was thinking things like, I got this. I am a successful entrepreneur. I am skilled. I 
I am brilliant. And that's where affirmations really come in. And this is the thing with affirmations. I think a lot of people think that it's just like a, oh, like a little burst of positive energy here and there. But with affirmations, it's really about being consistent. And it's about saying them. It's about choosing the affirmations that you feel the emotional connection to, because at the end of the day, this is all about energy, right? This is all about what you are feeling. And so with affirmations, if you pick affirmations that really resonate and they really make you feel like, oh yes, this is what I want to think. This is what I want to believe. This just makes me feel something. It's about taking that affirmation and incorporating it into your everyday routine. It's like, say these beliefs every day until you really believe them, because they're not going to feel real at first, right? If I'm not an entrepreneur yet, and I'm talking to myself, like I'm a successful, skilled, brilliant entrepreneur, right? I'm going to have to keep saying that until I actually believe it. And that's how you, again, start manifesting from that point of, I am a successful entrepreneur. You start aligning your behaviors, your emotions with that version of reality. And that's how you start to become a vibrational match to those circumstances, if that makes sense. Oh, I love this so much. I think one thing you said there is really important when it comes to affirmations, mantras, we want to find one that actually lands. So rather than saying something that we have no connection to, that we're just repeating over and over in our head, you want to say something that you actually feel that there's some truth behind. So perhaps you're you're wanting to feel more energy or you're wanting to make healthier choices in life. And so if you're like, I am a marathoner and you're sitting on the couch watching uh, Selling Sunset, then we're not quite there. Like that's probably not going to land. But if you said something like, you know, I'm able to put my runners on every day or I walk or I'm... Um, like I'm taking healthier actions. You've got to find one that really resonates for you that starts to move the dial towards that end goal that you're working towards. And this has been so important to me when kind of healing from anxiety. I, I just kept repeating this story of I'm never going to get better. I'm always going to feel this way. I was really having a hard time connecting to a mantra or an affirmation other than that, which is a symptom of anxiety. But for whatever reason, I am going to heal and I'm healing, it stuck. Something about that felt true. Like I am healing, I am going to heal. And I just started repeating that instead over and over and over again. So Natty, one thing I'd love to jam with you about really quickly after this episode, let's come up with a list of mantras or affirmations just to spark some, some inspiration for people. And you, I want you to download this list and just notice if any of them speak to you and we'll do it around sort of feeling more freedom in your body, feeling more ease around food, feeling more confident in yourself. Okay. Enough from me back to you. We got to go back to some basics here. So when you say you want to match your current energy to the energy of that, which you are working towards becoming. I love this exercise of journaling as if you are already in the place that you want to be. When you were doing that, what were you writing in your journal? Like what were you initially wanting to manifest? So it would be things like, I am so happy and grateful that that I'm my own boss. Like this is when I was working my nine to five. Like I'm so happy and grateful that I am my own boss. I'm so happy and grateful that I work all the hours that I want to work. I'm so happy and grateful that I make this much money every month. Like those were the kind, it was like more career oriented kind of things. But I wasn't, I mean, I think the reason why they weren't really doing anything is because they weren't coming from the right place energetically. It was very like obsessive and it was very like, okay, somebody told me that I have to write this 369 times. So this is what I have to do to make sure that I, it was a very like lack place that I was in. Um, so that's why I think it didn't really work. But I think once I really adjusted my 
my approach and like my intentions of like why I'm doing this, that's when I started to notice a difference. But those were the initial things that I was journaling as things like my job, my income, things that I was actively working on changing in my life. Mm, I remember, I can't remember what his documentary is called, but Sean Mendes did that in his journal. And in his documentary, he's just writing over and over and over and over again, you know, whatever it was that he was wanting to bring into fruition. So can you talk to us a little bit about the law of attraction? Yeah, absolutely. So the law of attraction basically states that obviously everything in this universe is made up of energy. This water bottle is made of energy. Everything around you is made up of energy. And so the law of attraction states that like energy attracts like energy. And you as a being, you are an energetic being. The thoughts that you are thinking, they have, they are charged with an electromagnetic like frequency. Your words, they carry energy, your behaviors, everything you do carries energy. So the state of being that you're in and the kind of energy that you are putting out into your life, you are attracting circumstances of a similar vibration. So that's what we mean when we say law of attraction is you are what you are manifesting essentially. And if you want to change the experiences that you're inviting into your life, you need to start with yourself, change the way that you're thinking, change the beliefs that you're subscribing to, change your emotional patterns. Emotions are a very, very strong form of energy. And if you ever know, this is the, the example that I always use when you wake up in the morning and you are in a really bad mood. How often do you have a good day when you're in that state of being? Not really a lot, right? Especially when you wake up and it's just like, oh my God, bad mood right up, right off the bat. It's like things that could go wrong that day usually go wrong. And it's because you are in this low vibration of maybe fear or anger or whatever it is. And then you're attracting experiences of the same vibration. So that's really what the law of attraction is, is if you want to change what is happening outside of you, you have to change what's happening within you. And that's how you can, again, become, like I said, a vibrational match to the things that you want to experience. So another Another way that I like to explain it is like, obviously your desired reality, all the things on your vision board, right? That's a life that you are manifesting. There is an emotional frequency that's associated with that life, right? Maybe it's freedom, it's excitement, it's joy, um, it's love. And so when you're embodying that frequency, you're looking at your vision board and you're feeling all of those emotions and you're thinking of yourself, you know, riding that Vespa in Italy, right? Or being on your dream vacation, working your dream job, whatever it is, there's emotions that are associated with that. And when you can get yourself to a place where you're regularly experiencing those emotions. I actually tell my coaching clients all the time because I'm a manifestation coach. I tell them, look at your vision board every day. Make it a point to connect with the experiences you have put on that vision board because then, then you're becoming a vibrational match to it, right? Then you're attracting the opportunities, the people, the circumstances, the events. It's going to help you bridge the gap and actually get there. Mm, I love this. So for those people right now who are like, wait a second, is this a bunch of woo-woo? Are we actually energy? Is somebody tracking whether like energy likes energy or is this some just like from the secret some woman wrote about this? Can you talk to us a little bit about the science behind it and and I guess like dispel the woo-woo of it all? Yes. So the thing that I, the, this is my go-to whenever I get a question like this, because I, I am personally, I was also a skeptic and I'm somebody who needs kind of like the science or the proof to really endorse something. And I think breaking the habit of being yourself by Joe Dispenza really does that so well. So if you're listening to this, strongly recommend you read that book. I'm obsessed with him. Yeah. It's he's amazing. Mm -hmm. He's truly, truly incredible. But so the, the science of it is there's something so quantum physics is, is its own area of study, right? And quantum physics is basically when physicists are studying the nature of reality and the nature of electron particles and energy and all that good stuff. And so when physicists were studying the behavior of the of 
energy, like the smallest unit of energy, they're trying to figure out what's the pattern, like how does certain energy appear in some places and kind of like, what is the, what is the pattern there? And what they discovered was something called the observer effect. And this is my favorite thing in quantum physics. This was a huge discovery. And it's basically that wherever you are paying attention as the observer, wherever you are focusing your mindful awareness, that's where electron particles come together. That's where things manifest, right? So your mind, the energy that you are putting forth with your mind, what you are paying attention to, that's what's manifesting. And there's a phrase that I like to use, and it's that where awareness goes, energy flows. And this is literally the name of the game. Science proves it. It's quantum physics. It's everywhere. It's wherever you are focusing most of your attention, that's where energy is flowing and that's where things are manifesting. And again, Joe Dispenza does a much better job of breaking this down on a granular level. Um, and I could totally nerd out on it, but to save you like the, the boring details, because I know not everybody's like into that stuff. It really is just a matter of where you pay the most attention. That is where you are manifesting. So again, this is something that a lot of people struggle with. If you have anxiety, right? And you're constantly thinking of worst case scenario and your, your dominant thoughts are worst case scenario. What if this goes wrong? And what if that goes wrong, right? When you are constantly feeding your you're putting your awareness in that direction, you keep manifesting in that direction, right? Which is obviously unintentional. It's not what you want, but that's the pattern. Whereas if you start, and this is something that I tell my coaching clients all the time when they start to struggle with the, oh my God, what if it doesn't go right? Or what if things keep going wrong for me? What if I miss my flight? I tell them to just pause for a moment and think about what's the best case scenario. Like, what if everything really did go right? What if everything went perfectly? How would that feel? How would that chain of events actually look? And so when you spend more of your awareness in that direction, you start manifesting more in that direction. But again, to go back to your question, it's all about the observer effect. It's physicists have literally noticed that wherever you are directing your attention, that's where electron particles will collapse together to create something. And does your energy have any impact over the quality of the energy that is, or the particles that are beginning to collect? Like, can you have low energy particles that are kind of combining around you to create your reality if that's the energy that you're putting off? So here's how I would describe it. Energy exists on a spectrum, right? You have high vibe, and, and I don't like to use high and low because that means it's like good and bad. There's no such thing as good and bad. It is just what it is. But you have, you on the spectrum, you have, um, energy that vibrates at a high frequency and uh, uh, energy that vibrates at a low frequency. That's the more dense energy. And typically high vibrational is like joy. It's love. It's inspiration. It's all those high vibrational emotions, right? Whereas at the bottom, you have things like apathy, grief, anger, sadness, frustration, right? So we are always oscillating but and on that spectrum with our with our emotions and our beliefs and the energy that we're putting out so wherever you're falling on that spectrum is what you are manifesting right if you are constantly putting your awareness on that love and you're paying attention for example to all the things in your life that make you feel love and all the things that make you feel joy and all the things that make you feel good right you're putting out that energy that's what you're manifesting back in return, right? Whereas if you're constantly in that state of my life sucks, I hate everything, nothing is going according to plan, everything is going to go sour, right? Then your awareness is going in that direction, you're going to be met with the same exact energy. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think it's important to know that as human beings, we are going to experience grief, and we're going to have those highs and low moments. 
can you start to shift? So for those of you who you can't see our conversation right now, uh, Nadia was using her hands to almost like draw a line or a spectrum going from high to low. Can you start to change, I'll call it your emotional home? So say you're somebody who tends to always worry and have th- this more like low vibe energy about you. Can you start to shift it so that the place that you naturally exist is a little bit higher? So you're still oscillating a bit, but you maybe don't dip down as low for such a long period of time. This is such a great question, and I'm so glad you asked. So what you're referring to is what I what I call the emotional baseline, which is, like you said, kind of where you live most of the time, where you might have highs and you might have lows, but you always come back to this one place. It is absolutely malleable. That's something that everybody needs to understand. Like you were, just because you have maybe had a, a rough patch that's lasted like a year, or maybe it's just like for a long portion of your life you felt this way, it's not forever. It's always subject to change. It's just up to you to give yourself the tools to really be able to do that. And this is something else that Dr. Joe just Benza talks about in his book. It's about your emotional habits that you keep going back to become your personality. Your personality is not set in stone. If you learn how to transmute the emotional energy that you're putting out, which usually starts by reframing your interpretation of what's happening around you, that's how you can start to change your emotional baseline. The only key is persistence. So what I do with my clients is when they come in and they have a typically like a low uh, emotional baseline where they're really reactive to the things that are happening around around them, they get triggered really easily. What I tell them is to activate that self-awareness mode, right? Turn on self-awareness and start noticing your reactions to things that are going on around you. For example, maybe you have a flat tire and then you're starting to say to yourself, oh my God, everything sucks. This is horrible. This is just my luck, right? I want you to pay attention to that emotional reaction. And number one, you want to give yourself the space to feel out the emotion because a lot of the times what people end up doing is they kind of sometimes they will push the emotion away or deny it. And what that does is your body actually stores any unexpressed emotional energy. And if it's low vibrational, it will manifest as physical illness. So this is where like depression comes into play, where anxiety issues come into play. It's when you when you you have a feeling, an emotion that really wants to be expressed and you're telling yourself, no, I don't want to feel that. I'm running away from it. This is not happening right now. Doing that doesn't make the energy go away. You still have to feel it all the way out. So the first thing that I tell my clients is let yourself feel the emotions all the way through. Do not suppress it. Don't run away from it. Give yourself the space to feel it. The next thing that you want to do is before you actually give it a reaction, you want to kind of Uh, what I call practice the pause. So again, you're taking note of all of your emotional reactions of the ways that you're responding to things that are happening outside of you. And you want to give yourself a minute to pause and be like, okay, before I launch into the typical response that I would usually have to something like this, right? For example, the flat tire or somebody cuts you off when you're driving. Typically you might get really angry, really irritated. I used to have really bad road rage. I'll tell you that. I used to have some pretty intense reactions, right? But what you have to do is practice the pause. And before you immediately jump and react, act. Take a few breaths, ground yourself, center yourself. And again, affirmations are a really great way to do this. I'm cool. I'm calm. I'm collected, right? After you've allowed yourself the chance to kind of like experience the emotion, ground yourself, bring yourself back, and then react from a place of choosing the reaction that makes the most sense for me right now, which for example, in the context of road rage, usually you might honk, you might feed the emotional energy of that situation and and put a lot of negativity into it. But when you're practicing the pause, you're centering yourself and you're like, I'm not going to let this ruin my day. I'm going to chill out because you know what? This moment is just a blip 
on my radar today that doesn't have to be something that's huge. I can let it pass. I can let it go. And that's kind of how you start to shift that emotional baseline is rather than continue to feed the same emotional reactions that are keeping you stuck on this loop, right? You're interrupting the pattern and you're saying to yourself, no, we're not going there right now, right? I'm going to bring myself back down to center. I'm going to change the, the energetic output of the situation and kind of transmuting it that way. And the more you do that, the more you build different patterns of emotions, that's how you, again, start to raise that vibrational baseline to where you wake up in the morning and you're not in, in a very low mood anymore. You're kind of feeling neutral or at least ready to take on your day. Does mm. that make sense? I love that. So really moving from a space of reacting from a place of being triggered to being in choice and and just that process of allowing yourself to feel the emotion taking a moment to pause. And then what I love to do as well is think about how would Erin in on my vision board, how would she act in this situation? Yes. Like what would oh my, God, I love that. On my vision board do after the kids are in bed? Would she sit down and watch five episodes of reality TV every night? Or would she be doing her meditations and have her leg up on the legs up on the wall and do a little journaling and like cuddle with her husband and so we start to take actions as well that align with that future version of us. And I find for me, this is, has been so pivotal in changing that emotional home because the, the actions that we're taking and manifestation isn't just about writing in your journal and making a vision board. It's aligning your actions as well um, with what it is that you're, you're welcoming in. So what supports you most when it comes to those daily habits, rituals, or actions that allow you to align with what it is that you're manifesting? So first of all, I love the example that you used of what would the Aaron on my vision board, how would she handle this? And that's actually something that I incorporate into my coaching, something that I incorporate into my own life is compartmentalizing between your current self, which is what I call the you 1.0. So Nadia, Aaron 1.0. And then you have Nadia 2.0 or Aaron 2.0, right? And these are the future versions of us who that's the version of you that is living your dream life, right? She is the version of you that is experiencing those, those manifestations. And so it's really a matter of asking yourself, is this behavior, is this action in alignment with my 2.0 self or my 1.0 self? Because I know the habits and behaviors of my 1.0 self aren't really getting me to where I want to go. How important is it to me to be able to manifest this life? And it's also, the thing is with me is I don't like to think about it as discipline. I can't stand the word discipline because it makes it feel like you have to do things against your will of like, oh my God, okay, I just have to stop and, and just do this because I have to do my journaling every day. What I, what I do for myself and what I recommend to my clients is a very intuitive approach. Give yourself options of what I call alignment rituals that you can do every day in the morning and in the evening time or at any point in the day where you are giving yourself the chance to choose what feels like the best alignment ritual for you in that moment. I know I'm not going to want to journal every day. I don't journal every day, right? I'm not going to sit there and whip out my notebook every time I want to do a manifestation ritual, right? Because it's just not sustainable. There's going to be some days where I just don't feel like writing or I just don't feel like journaling. Journaling is not going to do it for me today. So I have options of meditations. Maybe some days I'm like, okay, this is going to make me. And the thing is, you want to make sure that every activity is something that you look forward to and that feels good. 
Again, this is not something that's a check in the box. This is not something that's like, well, because somebody told me I had to follow this plan, I have to follow this plan. It's like, it has to come from an intrinsic place of this is something I want to do because I'm looking forward to it. And it's about giving yourself ample options to choose the one that feels the most intuitively right for you in that moment. So again, some days for me, it's meditations. Some days it's a journaling exercise. Some days it's an affirmation routine of just saying my affirmations to myself in the mirror. And so um, some days it's vision boarding. And some days it's even, this is the crazy part, is that it doesn't have to be so formal of the journaling or of the 30-minute meditation. Sometimes my manifestation ritual is putting on a cute outfit, standing in front of my mirror and dancing with myself. It's literally that simple. Whatever is going to raise your vibration, make you feel good, make you feel appreciative, right? Make you enjoy the moment. That can be your manifestation ritual that you're doing every day. Don't think of it as discipline, routine. This is something I have to get done because again, somebody told me that I have to do this. It's not about that. It's about how can you give yourself a choice that feels good for you and that makes it easier for you to stick to routines and habits that make you feel like the U 2.0, if that makes sense. This is something that I also have a lot of my clients do when we're shifting from the old state of being to the new state of being. Do a, Check out your wardrobe. What's happening in your wardrobe? Are, are your clothes making you feel like an old version of yourself? Maybe it's time to donate those and start building out a new wardrobe, right? It's about looking at every single area of your life and noticing how that area of your life makes you feel and figuring out how you can kind of revamp it to make me feel like a new and improved version of myself. Mm. I love this so much. And I'm glad that you mentioned this more intuitive approach, which feels so much more rooted in a feminine energy versus discipline and having to do it and checklists, which is all, it just feels so masculine in in the way that we do it. And I think with those techniques, what happens is we feel a burst of motivation and we do it for three days and then the motivation (laughs) disappears as it does because motivation ebbs and flows. And now it, nothing feels in alignment. And now we're operating from a, a place of pushing, pushing, pushing versus attracting and a softness and an ease, which for me, when I'm manifesting, that's the space I want to be coming from is I'm not chasing. I'm not, there's anxiety is fl- falling away and there's a much deeper trust. I mean, manifestation feel like there's so much conversation about it, or maybe that's what I'm clicking on uh, on social. But for me, it feels really spiritual. It's just allowed me to connect to something greater than and taken some of the pressure off that I feel like for so long, we've been told we have to work harder and push harder and be more disciplined. And this just has, it's not about, it's not like we stop working or moving towards things, but there's just a softer energy to it all. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. And this is something I talk about all the time too, is manifestation is a very beautiful blend of science and spirituality. And and the thing that we need to remember is that there's a, there's a quote, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having, having a human experience. So we were, we come home when we return to our divinity and the spirituality of things. It's just about finding a tone of that spirituality that really resonates with you. And this is something that I, that I talk about as well is like manifestation is just the modern day uh, version of what most ra- like all major religions have tried to teach us across time. If you look at Islam, if you look at Christianity, if you look at Catholicism, Judaism, they're all basically 
like explanations of manifestation that date back to that prehistoric time or that time of um, that time period where that rhetoric and that plot kind of made sense. But now it's like we have science, we have the technology to prove that this is actually how things work. And so it's just, again, about finding the approach that really resonates with you. There are some people where religion really does fit for them and that's how they manifest. They pray, right? They set their intentions, they connect with the divine, right? And for some people, it's more about quantum field. It's about universe. It's about setting your intentions and doing your manifestation rituals, but it's all really the same thing. Again, it's just about finding the the school of thought that really resonates with you and feels like truth to you. So I think if you approach it from that way of like, what feels like truth for me and what makes me feel connected to, to my divinity and my spirituality, I think it's so much easier to just really get in the flow of things. I love that. So a lot of people listening to this podcast are working on their relationship with self-love, their confidence, uh, the way that they see themselves when they look in the mirror. And so I'd love to talk a little bit about manifesting that dream relationship with ourself, that dream relationship with our body and with who we are. Um, Do you have any tips for anybody who's looking to just feel their best? I think, I mean, self-concept is also at the root of manifestation because you can't manifest anything that you don't feel that you are worthy of. So it really does start with you. And it starts with seeing yourself. This is how I would describe it. A lot of people who are listening to this podcast are probably people who are really great friends, right? You probably show up for your, you probably show up for your besties. You are there for them. You show them so much unconditional love and support. And my question to you is, why don't you deserve to show that to yourself, right? Like if you started holding yourself to the same standard that you hold your friends to in terms of how much support and love you're willing to give them, that's where things really start to shift. So I think this is how I started visualizing it for myself, because I know for me with my self-confidence, a big issue was enforcing boundaries. A big issue was making sure that I was being treated fairly in my relationships and my, you know, like... I've been in toxic relationships sometimes where I was not treated very well, and that's really heartbreaking. And so what I would think to myself is I would visualize myself having that experience within that relationship, and I would ex- I would see it as though I was looking at it from a third-party third party perspective, so almost like an out-of-body experience. And I'm looking at myself have this experience in this toxic relationship where I'm being treated this way, and I would ask myself, if I was looking at my friend, how like how would I be treated? How would I be responding to that. So it's like, no, I wouldn't let somebody speak to me that way. I wouldn't let somebody speak to my friend that way. I'm going to be protective. It's like having a relationship with yourself where it's like, no, I love myself too much to allow somebody to treat me this way. Or I love myself too much to be making these kinds of choices about my food or about, you know, anything really in my life. So it's really just a matter of checking yourself and and also pay attention to your self-talk. How do you talk about yourself? How do you talk to yourself? Something I talk about all the time, this was like a TikTok viral subject for a while, was lucky girl syndrome, right? Lucky girl syndrome, everybody's heard of it. Lucky girl syndrome is one of the most ultimate forms of self-love. It's like, I am the universe's favorite. The universe loves me. The universe is always working things out in my favor. So it's about trusting that everything is working out for you and that everything is gonna go well according to plan. And it's also about 
knowing that you yourself are worthy of all of those things. Like, yes, I do deserve to have all the opportunities that are best for me. I do deserve to have relationships where I'm loved. Um, and a way that you can actually practice this is I like to, I like to have dates with myself. So like the things that we're often looking to experience with other people, like in a romantic relationship, Oh, I just want to feel loved. I just want to feel understood. I want somebody to do X, Y, and Z with it's like, show up that way for yourself. Because when you start off on that foot of I'm fulfilling my own needs, then you're able to attract a partner who doesn't fill a void, but they're just there to add value. And so when I'm going on a date with myself, this is also something I have my clients do is like have a day where it's like a yes day for you of like, what are the things that you would want to be doing all day? That's just like, oh my God, this feels so fun. And I love it. So like for me, for example, it would be like, okay, when I'm revamping my closet, I'm going to take myself on a little shopping spree or I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get my coffee. I'm going to go on a little nature walk and listen to my music and just do things where I'm really enjoying my time alone. And I'm I'm literally meeting my own needs. I actually just filmed a podcast episode about this with a friend of mine. Her name is Monica. And we talked all about how you can actually practice self-love and take yourself out on those dates and do things that it's not just, again, it's not just a check in the box of like, this is what I need to do to practice self-love. It's like genuinely, what are the things that you look forward to doing to spend time with yourself and to really enjoy that moment? And I think once you nurture that, it's that much easier to solidify that connection with yourself and be like, you know what, I'm actually really cool. And I really enjoy my time alone. So that would be my tip. So there's your invitation to press pause on this episode, pop into your calendar, book on a little date with yourself. I know some of you are thinking, Oh my God, I don't even know what I would want to do with myself. Like I don't actually know what fills me up. And so rather than panicking or judging yourself, again, this is just another invitation to think about it. If you had a blank calendar, what would that look like? And for my mamas who are listening, who are like, oh my God, I can't take time for myself. I feel guilty leaving the kids. And then I'd have to ask, you know, my mom or the neighbor or my husband to look after them. What do you want to teach your kids? How do you want them to look after themselves because you are their greatest role model and what you are demonstrating to them, they're picking that up way more than what you say. So mommy taking herself for some time to look after herself, to find joy, to express her creativity, to go shopping, to decompress. That's a really positive message to send your little ones, your friend, your partner, and yourself. So Ella, I I never know how to say her last name because I haven't met her yet, but Ella Halikulis. I don't know. I'm going to link to her down below. She's awesome. And she's talked a lot about this idea of delusional confidence. She's like, she just like oozes confidence. She's sexy. She's beautiful. She just raised up a big stir because she, her and her friend actually got denied from a club in LA, uh, based on their size. They were basically turned away from this club. She got tons of press around it, which is how I first found her talking about how discriminatory and awful this situation was. And Mm -hmm. so she is a self-made model. She's stunning. She's like, you just want to be that girl and embody the same energy as her. And she talks a lot about this idea of delusional confidence. I know this is something you've mentioned before, but let's talk about it. Yes. Delusional confidence is really fun and there's a lot of ways that you can practice it, but this all goes back to self-love, right? It's all go it all goes back to your self-concept and how you're perceiving yourself. Because the way that you perceive yourself, that is how everybody around you is going to be perceiving you. And so it, like I said, it really starts from within. Um, but with delusional confidence, what I like to do is 
visualize myself as making like a grand debut to the world of like my highest, most confidence, like sexiest self. What does she look like? What is she wearing? What is her energy, her body language, her posture? What is that like? What do what is, what is the energy people get from her when they walk into the room? And it's like, think about that and put together whether it's an outfit or a war, like or um like an actual wardrobe. But bring this, it's, I call it investing in the rebrand. Like bring that version of you to life. If there's a, like for me, there was a specific outfit that I always envisioned myself wearing as the 2.0 me. And it was an outfit that made me just feel so confident in myself. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is my it girl moment. And so it's about bringing that to life for yourself. Because a lot of people haven't really thought about that. Of like, what is what would you wear as your sexiest self? So it's about really bringing that to life. And honestly, like practicing poses in the mirror. Like do your makeup all cute? Do your hair all cute? And practice like what would that version of yourself how would she be posing how would she be walking into the room and literally practice it because the more you're able to physically embody that energy the more you're able to manifest more of it and become more of that version of yourself because it's not just in your mind anymore you're making it real right like um i actually just bought a like a treadmill pad that i have under my under my desk and it's been really fun because I get to like walk on it and like practice my runway walk. So it's like that for me is something really fun that I get to do that makes me feel like my 2.0 self, but I'm bringing it to life. It's not just as existing in my mind anymore. Um, but there is also like affirmations that you can say that like finding affirmations that really empower you and make you feel like that confident, sexy version of yourself. Say them until you believe them. Say them in the morning when you wake up. Say them before you go to bed at night. Say them to yourself in the mirror while you're making eye contact with yourself. Anything that's really going to, because again, where awareness goes, energy flows. If you are spending a lot of your awareness on this sexiest 2.0 version of you, you're going to manifest more of that 2.0 version of you, right? You just have to keep embodying it and keep putting it into practice. And I think that's how you take it from delusional confidence to real confidence. And that's what we want, right? Yes, yes, yes. I even talk about this visualizing yourself going into a grocery store or visualize yourself at the beach this summer. So when we're talking about delusional confidence, the confident girl, the most confident version of yourself would walk into that grocery store and her shoulders would be a little bit back. She would be making eye contact with people. She'd be saying, oh, your baby's so sweet. How old is she to somebody? She would be like, not afraid to go over to shop where that guy is. You know, like she would just be moving about as if she owned the space. And when she was at the beach, she wouldn't be covered in 700 layers. And she would also be holding her head high. So even if you don't like maybe you're not redoing your entire closet right now. There's little ways, just even bringing your your posture into a new position that can start to change the way that we're showing up. Now, this might feel a bit clunky at first or awkward, and you might be oscillating between version yes. 1.0 and 2.0. <laughs> and that's okay because we're moving out of normal patterns, but just give it a try. Because what I love about girls like Ella is that they show us that confidence and self-love, they're not tied to a certain body shape or a certain body size. And so stop waiting to be confident and stop waiting to love yourself until you're XYZ weight or size or, you know, have no cellulite, which as a tall, thin woman, I can tell you, I have loads of cellulite. It's not going away anywhere. We get to choose the energy that we are embodying right now. Like not Absolutely. a year from now, today, 
immediately. Yes. <laughs> I love it. And that's actually part of my message as well is like, you are manifesting based on who you are being at this point in time. And if you're constantly thinking of the most confident version of you as being in the future, you're never going to embody that now and you're never going to be that now. So it's about, like you said, incorporating into your everyday, just make one small choice today that the U 2.0 would do. Change the way you walk into the room with your body language, with your posture, stand up straight, make eye contact with people. I actually have a TikTok series called the It Girl series that goes all into kind of like how to really embody that like It Girl energy. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to, to mention is that that this is something that I think is a huge part of self-love and confidence is that there will always be a subset of people, a population of people that doesn't find you attractive, that thinks you're annoying, that thinks that you are silly and what you do is stupid. That is never going to go away. It's really about making peace with the fact that, hey, babe, you're not actually my audience. If you find me that way, it's not for you, right? Like I have a lot of clients of mine that were like really afraid to really put themselves out on social media and make videos of themselves talking or about what they're passionate about or anything, any, showing up on social media at all really. And it's really a matter of like anybody who does not, who wouldn't find me attractive, that's fine. If I'm not your cup of tea, I'm not everybody's cup of tea and that's okay, it's not personal. And it's about paying attention to the people who would find you attractive, like your besties, right? That's where you, that's who your target audience is when you are like posting on social media, showing up on social media, or even like when you're out in public, like the people who don't think you're attractive, they literally don't matter. In the grand scheme of things, their opinions, their interpretations, their perspectives of you literally do not impact anything at all. So it's just about kind of taking your power back and being like, I'm not going to worry about that anymore because that's not really my business. Yeah. I am here for my fans and my fans only. <laughs> yes, exactly. And your fans, I love that you said those are like your besties or your certain family members. You'll probably have other ones that as you move into version 2.0, your shine and your light is going to do two things. One, it's going to tick some people off who are still living in the shadows and it's going to feel too bright for some people. And that can feel difficult. That can feel really hard and challenging and confronting because we're wired for connection. And so it, it can feel uh, like, okay, I, I, I need to dim my light again and move back into the shadows with you so that we're still connected. But here's the thing, your light and you moving into version 2.0, this is the exciting stuff, is actually giving way more people permission to do the same. When you're at the beach with your besties and you pull your little like bathing suit wrap off and you walk down the beach and you're, you're, you and your girls are all giggling and you're like having fun and there's good music going and stuff, someone else in that group is watching you and is seeing, okay, She's like that with her Sally, like maybe like it's okay for me to actually expand too and to take up more space. And at the end of the day, I really want to give you permission to keep expanding and to keep like, to keep growing and evolving from the pattern and the places and the people that are holding you down. You only have one life. So like take up as much goddamn space as you want to girl. And Absolutely. Nadia and I are here. You know, if you need people or cheer squad or coaches or hit me you know, up, I'm here for you. Your hand, <laughs> like, come join, come join the crew. There's people out there who will be supportive of that. And I promise you, it feels so good. It really does. Nadia, thank you so much for joining us today. I have a couple questions to leave you off with. Number one, if somebody's listening to this right now and they're feeling inspired to start manifesting or start embodying this law of attraction, where would you tell them to start? I would tell them, this is where I tell everybody to start is get clear. 
if you don't have a solid direction, if you don't know where, where you want to be moving towards and where you want to be spending your awareness and your energy, it's going in a bunch of different directions. You're not able to really focus on any particular outcome. So I would say get really clear on what it is that you're manifesting. Take a look at your finances. Take a look at your career. Take a look at your love life, your social life, your self-concept and the way that you perceive yourself. Your bucket list. Maybe there's vacations that you want to manifest, right? And get very, very clear on what that looks like. Is there a certain amount of money you want to be making every month? Is there a certain career that you want to have? Is there a certain relationship that feels like it would be really exciting and very aligned for you, right? Put it all down on paper, make that vision board. And while you're doing it, be delusional. Don't ask yourself the question of, oh my God, how am I going to get there? How am I going to make this work? Just be delusional. The how is not your responsibility at this point. The how will come together at the right time. If you have the desire for something, this is so important. If you feel intuitively you have the desire, you have that like emotional connection to something, it's because you're supposed to have it. There is a version of your consciousness that is already experiencing that particular thing. And she is just waiting for you to find her and align with her and meet her where she's at. So, and, and be to be able to do that, you have to let go of the how. The how is such a big pain point for so many people that really stops them from even getting into this process. So be delusional. Believe in what you can't see yet. Just because you don't have evidence of it does not mean that it's unrealistic, does not mean that it's not possible. It just means that it needs a little bit of time to actually manifest into your reality. So be delusional, get clear, believe in the vision before it's here, visualize it as often as you can, and really just enjoy it. Mm, Love that. Okay, there's exercise one. And then once you're feeling clear, I want you to check in with yourself once a day, whenever, I mean, I want you to start asking yourself, what would version 2.0 do? How would she think? How would she walk? What would she say? What action would she take? And start operating from that space. All right. It's not going to be perfect, but you know, we do progress over perfection here. We're just trying. And the only way you can fail is by staying exactly where you are. So I love it. Nadia, I I haven't asked been asking people this, but my last guest was 102 years old. Her name's Gladys. She was the sweetest. Wow. She's known as the mother of holistic medicine. And oh my gosh, how cool! We had a conversation about death, and you know whether she was afraid of death and what she thought happened after dying. And I had so many messages from people in my DM saying thank you for having this conversation and talking about something that isn't really talked about. And so I'm so curious for you with uh, your own spiritual journey, what do you believe happens after we pass away? I believe that we return to source. I think I I actually went through a phase where I studied near-death experiences because I was so fascinated by that question. I really fell into a rabbit hole. And I used to be afraid of death as well. I used to be like, oh my God, I would have these, like a crisis of like, what really happens? You know, death can be a really scary subject to think about when you realize your own mortality. And so when I was looking into these near-death experiences to see like, what do people who have gone to the other side and come back, what do they have to say about the experience? And 99.999% of those near-death experience accounts were all positive. And all of them said, I went and I didn't want to come back. It was the most blissful, incredible feeling ever. But I came back because I knew that I had some other things that I need to finish on my life here on earth. And so that to me was like a huge weight off my shoulders because I was like, oh my God, wait, there is nothing to be afraid of because what everybody, the common themes of what everybody was saying about their experiences with death was that 
you're coming, you're going home. When you die, you, we return home to this is the place that, okay. So when we're on earth, on earth is actually the, where we're separated and we're kind of like figuring out how to do things. But death is when we come home. It's where we come home to where we, where we started. And so for me, that's kind of what I think of it as is like, once my soul is, is done here on earth, I get to go back home and figure out what the next steps are. So that's kind of how I think about it. And I think about also, like who I'm going to get to meet when I go back, like all of the people that in my life that have passed that I will get to kind of go back and revisit. That's also something that I think about when I think about death and kind of what happens after. So that's, that's my interpretation. So beautiful. Honestly, Raw Beauty Talk started as a conversation about the pressures based on women and our experience in our bodies and plastic surgery and filters and all of these things. And we just keep diving deeper. And here we are at Death's Doorstop, continuing to have this conversation and I think getting closer and closer to what true beauty really is. Thank you for joining us, Nadia. Nadia. Thank you for and having to everyone me. who's listening, take what resonates, <laughs> leave the rest behind. Make sure that you check in for those uh, free PDFs Thanks for taking on the time to listen to this week's and, episode. Uh, Please take a moment to week. rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.